I'm thinking about putting every piece of clothing I own on my bed. But I don't think my bed's big enough. It's me, Cindy. That's my big takeaway from Marie Kondo, the elf and little tidying expert who's having a huge impact and building a massive con Marie empire based on people like stuff. But back to this all the clothes out of the drawers and closet thing. She says if you put everything you own in one place, you get the full impact of how much you have. And then you sort through to whittle down to what you want, need, love, and will wear. That frightens me. It started out with her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I have the book. I might have mentioned before I actually got two copies as gifts, and no, I haven't gotten around to reading it or them. Then she put out a second book, Spark Joy. Nobody's given me that one yet. At some point, she launched a consultant certification course, too. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. And then there's a show on Netflix that premiered in January, which I finally got around to watching a couple of episodes when I was up visiting Catherine last week. And we weren't as bowled over, impressed, or inspired, or motivated as we had hoped. Partly, I think it's because the show is just not that compelling. Marie Kondo is a soft-spoken little wisp of a woman whose English is iffy enough that the show uses a combination of captioning, unfortunately, with white letters over her white sweater, which is like, what does that say? And they send her out with a translator who comes along to the homes but is never introduced or even acknowledged, which I find kind of weird. While the show is about tidying up and working towards a result, oddly, the before and after shots don't look that different. You know, when I said that I'd gone on a big cleaning tear and taken before and after photos of that chair in my bedroom, the nightstand, the kitchen counters, that was dramatic visual impact. But watching the before of boxes on shelves in a garage and then the after of less boxes on shelves in a garage just doesn't make me want to run out and get to work. Like the before shots in the episode where the woman used both closets in the bedroom, so her husband had to hang his clothes in the playroom. And after? She still had both bedroom closets. Did I miss something? So she took everything and got rid of, I don't know, but not enough to give her husband a closet in his own bedroom. That's the same episode where the mom pays somebody to come in and do the laundry while she is home because she has two (laughs) little kids. I mean, color me judgy, but really? Raise your hand if you are or were able to do laundry in spite of having children. Or like Lane does when she's with her little granddaughter, who isn't even two yet. Together, they put the clothes in the washer, then into the dryer, then into the basket to get folded. Plus, it, you know, it's teaching her to clean up early. I found this review of the series, which pretty much agrees with my take, by a woman named Mandy Nolan, who writes for a very cool Australian website called Mamma Mia!, She says, and I quote, I don't have a show on Netflix, but I have five children. I've been tidying up now pretty solidly for two decades. I don't get it. If you're reading about tidying up or watching a Netflix show about tidying up, the one thing you are not doing is tidying up. Here's a solution. Turn off Netflix, put the buck down, and for God's sake, just tidy up. The idea of watching someone tell someone else how to tidy up is ludicrous. Have we become that de-skilled that we no longer know how to perform basic functions? What's next? The life-changing magic of breathing? (laughs) So yeah, I'm not the only one who thinks the show is more about Netflix and Marie raking in a couple of more dollars than it is likely to help those of us who need real magic to tidy up. Like, give me a wand that would make it all disappear. That's the magic of tidying up. 
Not that there aren't any good ideas, like folding tops and pants and putting them into drawers vertically rather than stacking them, which creates a visual filing system. I mean, that's brilliant. I actually know because I started that a while ago. I'm not bragging or anything, but I did learn that rolling up clothes to put in a suitcase creates more space and results in far fewer wrinkles when you unpack. I figured more space, less wrinkles, I would be good at home too. Plus, it's great to open a drawer and see all the options at once. Now that's a good suggestion. And then there's the get many little boxes and put things in them. I do that now. <laughs> I have like 14 shoeboxes full of photos. But actually, Marie, they are part of my problem. But wait, you can buy boxes from Marie. She's targeted four, <laughs> She's targeted four key areas to address. One, clothing. Two, books. Three, paper. And four, what she calls komono or everything else. But in the three episodes we sat through, number three, paper, got zero screen time. Ditto number two, books. So I'm left to my own devices. Now with April 15th, also known as tax day, loom and large, that means sorting through a Mount Everest of statements and stubs. Here's what I did yesterday as I started to whack my way through the weeds. I threw out all the old utility bills. They're paid. Why am I keeping them? If I need to know what I paid for cable last May, I can call DirecTV and have them look it up. There's a bit of freedom and has reduced my collection of paper by hmm, about 3%, but, you know, baby steps, right? I'm pretty good about books now. My newish policy is only rarely to buy them, unless it's an author I adore and or want to support. Kristen Becker writes a book. I'll be buying it. Lori Nataro, Sandy Conchelt, Maddie Dawson, Helen Klein-Ross. Heck yeah. But for the most part, when I hear of a new book, I run right to the library's website and request a copy. I get an email, it's in, I read it, I drop it back off with nary a glance back. Speaking of books, I just read Isaac Mizrahi's memoir, which I got from the library. Absolutely worth the read. And it's another example of thinking that just because somebody is famous and wealthy, that their life is a breeze. Not always the case and worth remembering. Although, while Isaac has had a lot to work through, I think he's pretty happy now. And I'm really happy for him. But back to the magical art of making money, telling people how to tidy up. If you're already a champ and you want to share your talents, you know you could be certified as a Marie consultant? Well, you have to read both books first. Then you have to tidy your own damn house and submit photos to prove it. Then you can sign up for the course, which will guide you on how to work with clients. Oh, and there's a membership fee of $500 a year. I don't mean to sound skeptical or snarky or sour grapes. Really, I don't. Maybe I've just spent so much time trying to push back the waves of clutter that I've read and heard and learned a lot of ideas. While not implementing many, but whatever. It ties right into trying to tame procrastination, which colors just about everything I'm ever going to try to accomplish, from paring down the clothes I don't need, want, or wear, to assembling and sorting papers I need to get the taxes done, and then getting the taxes done. In that case, I have to say having a deadline works well. I am, as you probably know, also a big fan of trying to understand how my brain works or doesn't work when it comes to breaking bad habits or putting off procrastination or getting healthier or, in this case, tidying up. There's another perspective on this whole thing, though, and I'm trying to embrace it. Maybe this will work better for you, too. Pop quiz. Ready? What did Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, and Mark Twain 
all have in common. La, 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 bing! They all had messy workspaces. Matter of fact, one of Einstein's famous quotes is, If a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what, then, is an empty desk a sign? I'm not so sure about the grammatical construction of that sentence, but you get the idea. And at least one study has concluded that people with messy desks are more creative and more willing to take risks, while people at cleaner desks are more likely to follow rules and are less likely to try new things. So you got that if you need it. One more thing to keep in mind, and I will leave you with this as a parting thought. If Louis Pasteur had cleaned out his refrigerator more often, we wouldn't have penicillin. There you go.